Well, I think that kind of answers a little bit on how I was supposed to do this this morning. Because I got up with some excitement. And uh, I was like, man, I really feel like preaching. And uh, how many of you know it's not what you want to do? So... I've talked about the commercialization of church and told you I just I just I don't I don't like partaking in that um, and the reason being it's even even scriptural um, and we'll we'll see that this morning that man we we will celebrate days and seasons and we'll forget God at the drop of a hat and we've taken what I would consider, and you you take this however you need to filter it for you, but this is a sacred moment, and it's not because it's Sunday. I mean, if you really know anything about the calendar, um, the Sabbath was on Saturday, but I'm not getting into all that theological debate, junk, garbage, it doesn't matter to me. All I know is that Jesus came he died, he raised, and he took me with him. That's all I need to know. The rest of it is all behind me. It doesn't matter. That's why you'll never hear me debate or argue scripture because I will not do that because depending on who you're arguing and debating with, if they have the mind of Christ or if they have the mind of Satan, I'll leave that right there where it's at. If you're going to argue with me about scripture, you better be careful that you're arguing with the spirit of God, not with the spirit of Satan. In other words, don't, I don't care about your tradition and how you interpret scripture and how you feel about scripture. It's not up to you. It's up to the spirit of God. The Bible says that he would give us the Holy Spirit and he would guide us in all truth. That's what he told us. So that's where we're at. But I don't want to commercialize Father's Day, and, but I, I will do this. How many fathers do we have? Stand up. Now women, if the daddy of your children are standing up, you ought to be thankful to God every day that you awake that you have a father that fears God. Because if he did not fear God, he would lead your children wayward. Maybe with a couple lumps on his head, but he would lead them wayward. So be thankful to God that you have a man that fears God. And for the Father standing, I applaud you for being in the house of the Lord. You may be seated. There's a lot of things that men desire to do as they grow old and older. Some of us, David, Charlie... And right, I'm not older, I'm just growing old. I'm not older, I'm not in that classification yet. I don't have my AARP card. I will not apply for it. I refuse in the name of Jesus. But 
But I don't want to commercialize this sacred time because I, I believe, and, and the reason I call it a sacred time is, is because that we have chosen, whether it's the right day or the wrong day, don't argue with me about the Sabbath, that's every day, but whether it's the right day for you to worship God and you choose to worship God or it's the wrong, whatever, we've chosen this day to come together. We've set this time apart. This is a holy day. Holy means to be set apart, to be set aside for the glory of God. This is a holy day, and I really don't like seeing churches commercialize this time so that they can promote their CDs. Come on, y'all just stick with me this morning. Promote their CDs and, and, and promote their all these other days that we celebrate. I want to use it to promote God. If we aren't leading the people of Christ to the cross, if we're not leading them to the foot of God himself, we are doing an injustice to the kingdom. We are not fulfilling our purpose because we are to grow the kingdom. We are to multiply the kingdom See, y'all, y'all think when he told Abraham and Eve, or Adam and Eve to go and multiply, y'all thought he was talking about having fun in the sack and stuff. And that, Listen, it, he was talking about multiplying who they were. They, they had a mantle laid on them to show those around them that they would come in contact with the love of God and the communion that they could have with God as well. But Adam and Eve chose a different route. And that's why we are where we are. I really want to talk to Adam. Eve, I understand that she was a woman. She was just deceived. That's, I'm just saying she was deceived. The man was not deceived. The man chose to do exactly opposite of what God told him. This is why you as a father, it is vital that you know the word of God and that you know the promises of God, not only over you, but over your spouse and over your children. You will be held accountable. The Bible says that husbands, you are to what with your wives? You are to shower her and water her and wash her with the word of the Lord. For what reason? To present her blameless before the Lord. Man, look, being a daddy ain't all about just producing. It's about being who God has called you to be as a father. And you can't say, Mom used to tell me, I can point her out, and I'll talk about you now too because you're even here. But, <laughs> but Mom used to say, you know what? They didn't give me a book on how to raise children. Oh, but contrary. They give you a book, Father, on how to be a father. It's a pretty big book. And it's weighed out over the age. And if we will take this and utilize this to lead and guide and cover and provide for our homes, I promise you, it is infallible. It is infallible. So I'm not going to commercialize this, but I'm going to talk to you about Father. And like I told you, 
I just, I couldn't get this away from me, and I wanted to do something a little different this morning, but I got the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And I'm like, I don't understand what that's got to do with anything, and so y'all think this is easy. All pastor does is just read the Bible and talk. And to stand here and I'm going, God, you've given me three things and you've given me a couple of scripture and no time to study it. What do you want me to do with it? So we're going to read about this promise that was given to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob that was carried on through generations. This is about a generational father. See, we have, we have gone to this, um, this soft-spoken gospel and this commercialized thing for fathers and for mothers and um, for Santa Claus and for, for the Easter Bunny and, and all these other things. And we are setting up the kingdom of God for failure and defeat because in those things that we allow to partake in this day that we've set aside, we are allowing those things to be the focus of our children. Our children turn to Santa Claus when they are wanting gifts. When your father in heaven has every gift imaginable that could give to you in abundance if you would allow. We, we allow our children to turn to these fantasies. Oh, it doesn't hurt. Now you better stop living the lie. You've allowed, okay, God, you've allowed witchcraft into your home, and you want to know why you're struggling so much. Because you'll post pictures of your Santa Claus all across your house. And if I walk through your house, I won't even see a Bible. And if I do, some of us got an inch and two inches of dirt on it. Now, I'm not trying to get religious on you, but I'm just telling you, how do you, how do you have a relationship with someone you don't know? We've got more relationship with the Easter Bunny and Santa Claus than we do with God. And we wonder why our world is in the shambles that it's in. You keep playing and you keep allowing this lie to, in, to infiltrate your home. Fathers, you better listen up. You better stop living the lie with your children and expecting them to grow to be different. They will grow to be just like the world because you have trained them to be that. This is about God. This isn't about nothing else. And we've gone and we, we set out and we, we tell our kids, and some of it, we, we deem it okay. I mean, I try to teach Sean to go to work. I don't want him sitting at home. You got a baby on the way. It ain't no sitting around. It's time to go to work. Get your hands dirty. Get calluses. Be a provider, be a protector, be a keeper of your home, be a father. And those things, those things seem good, but there's one thing that I want to pass to my son that most fathers aren't thinking about passing to their son, and we're going to get into it. So if you've got your Bibles, let's go to Galatians first. Galatians chapter 4, I'm going to start at verse 8, and depending on how far I'm supposed to read, I'll stop when I'm told to stop. 
You got it? Y'all okay? Hey, just put your hands on your head and just pray for yourself. Lord, keep me today. Especially you, your daddies. Galatians 4, starting at verse 8. But then, now this is, this is Paul. Paul is reprimanding the church. Paul is talking to the church. He's reminding them of where they once were and where they come from and what's been going on. And now he falls into this and says, But then, indeed, when you did not know God, you served those things by which nature are not God's. Before you knew God, you done what you felt that you needed to do. Now, I'm not saying that all men are, are teaching their children and covering their spouses in the improper way and wrong and disorderly. I'm not, I'm not saying all that. I'm just saying that if you, if you did not know God, you're not doing the God thing. But now... Now you, now you know God. Now you know of God. Now you've been introduced to God by the Holy Spirit, not by a pastor preaching. You've been introduced to God by the Spirit. The Spirit of God has led you to Him. Now after you have known God, or rather, I love how Paul puts it. Paul doesn't really paint a pretty picture all the time. He says, but now after you've known God, or rather, are known by God. Because many of us say we know God. To know God is an intimate relationship. Do you have that? How is it that you turn again to the weak and beggarly elements to which you desire again to be in bondage? How, how dare you say that God is your father, but yet you turn to the world for pleasure, for peace, for understanding. You'll celebrate the days. Watch this. How is it that you turn again to the weak and beggarly elements to which you desire again to be in bondage? You observe days. He, okay. He's not talking to the sinner. Hello, church. Paul is not addressing the sinner. He's addressing the church. Don't tell me this still isn't happening now. The church needs to be addressed. Yes. This, is, this is Paul's fear to the church. You observe the days and the months and seasons and years. I'm afraid for you. Lest I've labored for you. In vain. Brethren, I urge you to become like me, for I became like you. You've not injured me at all. You know that because of physical infirmity, I preach the gospel to you at first. And my trial, which was in my flesh, you did not despise or reject, but you received me as an angel of God, even as Christ Jesus what then was the blessings you enjoyed? For I bear witness, if you possible, or if possible, 
you would have plucked out your own eye and given it to me. He said, I've, I've given you stuff and you, you received me so well at that moment, you would have taken your eye out for me. And now look at you. Do you see where you're going? He says, church, wake up. Do you see what you have fallen to? See, we're worried about the world, but yet we keep inviting the world. We don't want to be separated. Put my glass back on so I can see. Have I therefore become your enemy? Because I tell you the truth. Is that, is that why a lot of people... Uh-oh. Because I want to tell you the truth. Because I won't allow you... Not without reprimanding. I won't allow you to live in sin without addressing it. So you're mad at me because I tell you the truth. It's not my fault. You have to blame God. He's the one that told me to do this. Trust me. I had better things to do that cold November morning. I was looking for a deer to shoot. I wasn't interested in preaching. All I was doing was just reading. Have I therefore become your enemy because I tell you the truth? Let me stop there. Let's go to Exodus 3.15. Y'all just going to have to bear with me. We'll tie this together, I'm sure, somehow, I guess, with the grace of God. Exodus 3.15. Moreover, this is when Moses was introduced to God at the burning bush. And God said, moreover... Thus you shall say to the children of Israel, the Lord God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent you, or has sent me to you. This is my name for today. This is my name for this occasion. This is my name for this season or for this person he said this is my name forever and this is my memorial to all generations go to matthew 22 31 and 32 Now, this is Jesus. For in the, whoop, maybe jump down, but concerning the resurrection of the dead. Have you not read? He's, he's talking to the, I do believe he's talking to the Sadducees here. But concerning the resurrection of the dead, have you not read what was spoken to you by God? Saying, I am the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. God is not the God of the dead, but of the living. He, he's insinuating that the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob is a living God, and he's also... He's also basically telling us that Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob was alive with him. 
He says, I am the God. That means he didn't say, I was the God of Abraham, or I was the God of Jacob, or I was the God. He said, I am the God. I think it's really important for us as as church people, and especially fathers, I'm going to go to fathers, but especially fathers, that we understand who God really is in our life. Because see, if I stand and I preach a word to the congregation, or we're teaching and, and we're trying to get you along in this thing called faith, and I begin to implement all these other things that we had talked about previously. I begin to implement the things of this world that the world has to offer. And you begin to lean on to those things. And you begin to adopt those things and those traditions in your life and to your children's life. You're leading your children to a point of hopelessness. Because those things of the world will fail without fail. They will fail. Not every job is eternal. Not, do you not know that not every blessing... Not every blessing is eternal. It's temporary. And we are holding on to the things that are temporal... And we're wondering why people will not stand and fight the fight of faith because they're not getting what they thought was supposed to be coming. They heard it one way, they run after it that way, and it left them empty-handed. Church, men, fathers, you better be leading your offspring into the arms of God who is unfailing. You best be telling your children and your children. See, because sometimes, see, we stop it. I think that's another reason why he said the God of Abraham and the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob. Because there's sometimes grandparents, you got to go past your children and tell your grandchildren that you are fearfully and wonderfully made. Why? Because somewhere along the line, our children bumped the head. They forgot how they got where they are. See, no matter what you do, we can set up memorials in our home, which we do, and I say memorials, I'm not saying that we put statues. I'm, I'm saying that our children know when the hand of God was present in a circumstance and when he was present in our life. Our children know without a doubt that we serve the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. He's a generational God. He will never falter. He will never fail. His promises will remain true through generations, no matter if it comes to fruition. The problem is, uh uh-oh, we've made the church, we've made the church 900 numbers. Call now, get your anointed cloth, be healed in the name of Jesus. Call now and get your word from God. Brother, the first time that you got to pay for your word from God, you better run. You better run. But this is what we've done. When I tell you that we've commercialized church, listen to me. We have commercialized church. It's about our airplanes. It's about our suits. And I ain't got nothing against 
I ain't got nothing against money. I just got something against the love of it. I ain't got a problem with it. I'll, uh, you want to give me a 20, I'll take it. I, I ain't going to turn it away no more. I used to say, no, nah, no, nah, I'm good. No, nah, I'm saying, no, nah, yeah, I need it. Why? Because the Bible says that he gives seed to the sower. You, <laughs> you give me your 20 tight wad, I'm going to give somebody 30. <laughs> because, I, never mind. We, we've got to be teaching our children this generational God that we serve. Not one that, that, will, that will tempt us and let us fall, but the one that will secure us. Have you ever been secured in your promise? Abraham was secured in his promise, but not in Abraham's time. When our kids... <laughs> When daddy said, look up here at me, where'd you go? <laughs> when your daddy says that this is what God has put on your life, don't you ever give up on it. Amen. You may not ever see it, but don't you waver in your faith because God is going to be God. It may be through your children. That's right. They coming. That's right. It may be through your children's children, but it's coming. See, we, we've taught our children, man, if they don't see it at a certain time... I wonder why our children adopt this philosophy. Well, just what meant to be. Why rebuke it in the name of Jesus? He didn't die on the cross so that I could have nothing. I heard you, religion. I'll cut your head off this morning too. He died on the cross for my salvation. I get that. But he specifically said, I came that you may have life and have it more abundantly. He was talking about this life, the Zoe life. Yes. <laughs> if, if we, oh, if we could take what God has given us and we could partake in the kingdom on earth. Why, why are we praying on Father's Day? Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Why, okay, why are we praying that then? If, if, if the only thing that God died for or the only thing that Jesus died for on the cross was to get me to heaven. And that was the end of it. Most of us be gone. Because as soon as we accept Christ to take us out of here, there's nothing else left for us to do. He created us to give us dominion. To overcome and to have power over these. And I'm talking about power. See, y'all, I'm not going to say y'all. We have gotten confused because if I say y'all, you've gotten on me. You, you've crucified me with it. Don't be saying you so much. People get, I want to offend you. If I don't offend you, you'll sit where you've been sitting for years. And you'll never move. There comes a time that we've got to say, nope, I have power. And I have authority in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, Amen. 
Rise up and walk. But we won't do that because we've been given all these other... I don't even know how to put a word on it. We've been lied to in the church. Now you can't, don't do that. That's not God. You best be careful what you call God and what you don't call God. How are you? Since when do you have the formula? Since when can you sit down? And put it on paper and go, well, Aunt Jill done this and Uncle Bill done that and Sister Dawn, she done that. And this plus that plus this, well, it has to be done in February and it's got to be done on the 16th and it has to be done at 8 p.m. And you put a formula on God and now all of a sudden you can call it God. Shut up. God come in a burning bush one time. Came as a dove another Came as spit in the eye one time. Came as a hand up on another. Came as a word one time. Come on, he, man, when he talks about the Father and the God of Abraham, because we can call him the Father of Abraham. You, you do know that, right? Because he said that Israel was his. God of Abraham and the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob. What are we doing? Why are, why are we flirting with the world? Better yet, why are you committing adultery with the world? You're lying with the enemy. Not like you're like you're laying down with the enemy. You're committing adultery. I told y'all. I just got a couple here. Let me go back to this because I think it's hurting. Why is he the God of Abraham? Listen, he's the God that calls you. You ain't getting it. He called you. You didn't call him. We're talking about the God of Abraham. Do y'all remember where Abraham was? He was an idol maker. He made other God statues in Ur. And God called him out from away, just like he called you out from away from your witchcraft. Just like he called you out and away from your sin. He called you. This is the God that we serve. Your children don't need to know. Are you telling them? Don't worry about it. When it's time, God will call you. We teach them to listen. God call. Don't be discouraged right now. Look up here at me. Don't be discouraged right now. God will call you. 
He wasn't sleeping. Don't. I ain't trying to get you grounded. Okay. He makes him hold a wrapper during church and do like this so he knows he's awake. I'm joking. He's the God of it. He's the God that calls you. He will come to you wherever you are. See, you, I don't, God, I don't know if we're going to get through all three of these or not. He comes to you wherever you're at. In your sin. Well, Scripture said it like this. While you were yet sinners, Christ died for you. He, he came to you even in your worst state of mind. He came and got the prodigal. He's, the Holy Spirit, I still say the Holy Spirit smacked him in the back. That dude didn't just come to himself. The Holy Spirit woke that boy up. Slapped him right in the back of the head with a corn cob. Pow! And then he came to himself. He'll come to you. See, we, we've, we've got to stop telling our children that they're, that they're not good enough or they're not in the right place. Stop telling your children that. They may be designed right where they are and it's God's purpose. Amen. Who would have ever thought that he'd ever use Joseph? Joseph was in jail. Put in prison. Now can you imagine? If one of your children was put in jail. What you telling your children? God's got a purpose for you. No you ain't. I told you. If you wouldn't have done that. Come on church. Please wake up and just participate this morning. If you'd have done what I told you to do. See, I, Mom, I'd have got a little wiser in age now. I'll turn it on you quick and go, whoop, every step is ordered Honey, by God. Here, I ain't got my mama started preaching. Not right now, Mama. You ain't got the mic. See, I can tell my mama no right now, <laughs> respectfully. But God's got a purpose. God's got a purpose. Every step of a righteous man, every, not just the good ones, the bad ones too. Every step that I took through life, God ordained. Y'all can't receive it, but I can. I know when I was bad. I was bad on purpose, brother. Don't tell that to my mom. She thought I was an angel. And she still thinks I'm an angel over my sister. He's the God that removes you. Boy, aren't you, God will never call you to do anything that he does not equip you to do. So not only will he call you, he will remove you from those things that are keeping you tied down, from those things that have you in bondage. He will remove you. It, listen, God put a purpose on your life. You've been sitting here and all of this stuff that you've got to walk perfect. You've got to talk perfect. You've got to act perfect. You've got to dress perfect. You've got to have perfect attendance in church. You've got to give perfect. You've got to do perfect. I'm tired of hearing it. Listen, if you just be, if you just be, 
God will take care of it. Now, with that being said, underline note, this is one of them cliff notes. You need to obey him. He told Abraham, he said, hey, leave your family. See, y'all, I, I just separated half of you there. Now, the other half was like, with joy. <laughs> but there's half of you that would have said, but, 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 where are we going? Then you got people like Google. What's the weather going to be? So I can dress right. Do I need to take six outfits or nine just for a four-hour bike ride? I got to have mascara and mirrors and hairspray on a bike ride. I don't understand. But God, when he calls you, he'll remove you and equip you. Abraham just said, I, are you hearing me? This dude was in Ur, making gods. Other gods. That, that's why God said, I'm the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He, he said, I'm, I'm set aside from those other ones. That I'm, ta I'm, talking about, I'm talking about the God that's the fulfillment. That's the God I am. He said, I can see him now whittling out a God, just like I was minding my own business, hunting in a tree. Hey, talking to you I want you to leave what I can just see listen and I'm, I'm just speaking for myself I began to weep and God didn't say hey I want you to be a preacher he didn't say that I just read a scripture and it went Whoa. I'll never forget it it's like a magnifying glass dude that hit them words I'll never forget it I had to I had to listen and I had to obey and I said I don't know what's happening but I know we got a short amount of time my sister got mad at me because I said listen we're just gonna do it for a year we're gonna we're gonna drive back and forth and she correct me if I'm wrong I, I said we're gonna drive back and forth for a year and see how this thing works out and in three months we were moving I didn't pray to go that quick. She flirted. She wanted to see just how faithful God was and said, okay, let's just throw it out on Craigslist. Go throw it out and see a job offer on Craigslist. And she said, ah, I'll just send her. Boy, we got to be down there in like three days for the first interview and come back next week for the job. We're going, what? I mean, it happened like that. So we're talking about the God that will call you right where you are. And he is faithful all the way through the promise, all the way through the call. You better be telling your children. Don't let your children wane. See, I'm not, that's one, Sean, he'll hate me till I die. Because I'm not going to let him forget the goodness of God. I'm not going to let him forget 
where he come from. I'm not going to let him forget how faithful God is to him and what God's done for him and where God has purpose for him. I'm not going to let him. Every time he tries to get, every time he tries to get down and you get frustrated, I'm coming. I'm coming. Knocking on the door, boy. That ain't how I raised you. Don't you remember when God? Generational. I, I, I'm going to have to remind him. When I'm, when I'm 95 laying on my deathbed, I, I added five more years. I heard 90, but I added five more years. <laughs> Just trying to get some time, that's all. See, I want my children to look at their daddy. Because it's kind of funny. We, we talk to mom all the time. Well, Lisa will say this too. Archie will never die when she look at me and talk about me. But... We look at mom and go, grandma will never die <laughs> because she's living on. Now, I'm poking a little fun, but I'm being, because my grandmother was a God-fearing woman. Woman of few words, unless I was getting in the refrigerator. Where are you going? Why are you getting in there? Did I say, can't you ask? <laughs> Watch my sister do it. Never hear a peep. <laughs> Other than grandma probably go, now, honey, I would have got that for you. Talking about special. <laughs> but then there's my mother. Carrying on my grandmother. Well then I got to go to my sister. Mama never die. It's not bad. In a way. <laughs> Just all depends on what attributes we're talking about. When we're discussing it. This is. This is what we want. I'm so glad y'all letting your hair down. Stop being churchy. But this is what we want to pass on to our generation. Out of all seriousness, Tommy and his brother, Brandon, don't want to see Grandma die. Don't want to see me all die. And hopefully, yeah, we got a couple granddaughters. Hopefully, they won't want to see their mom die. And then they're not going to want to see their daughter die. Listen, I'm talking about a generational father, the one that will bleed on through the bloodline. But this is the God of Abraham. The one who promises and he will keep covenant. Then you've got the, the God of Isaac. <laughs> this is the evidence of faith. Isaac was the thing not seen. He was the evidence of the thing not seen it may not happen in your generation but it might come after you and if it don't you just pray that it comes after the other one don't you give up don't why do you feel as though god's given up he didn't give up on abraham matter of fact that dead seed when it hit when it hit sarah's womb boom 
Here come the promise. It made it live again. I'm talking about God. See, I don't know what generation you're from. I don't know what generation bloodline that you have. I, I, don't, I don't know all the things that you fight from generation to generation. This is why I'm telling you how important it is, fathers, that you bleed into your generation. What was bled for and into you. Because you've got Christ in you. We can't even get that picture. That's how, that's how small our minds are. We think we got it. Oh, you might be able to add one plus two and say it's four and three. I'm just checking you. You might have all the intellect in the world, but you can't fathom Christ lives in you. The same one that lives in you defeated death, hell, and the grave. And you walking as if you're defeated. Please, church, wake up and come on. And this is what we're passing on to our kids. We say the things like, if it's meant to be, it'll be. No. Sometimes you have to knock down the door because the enemy's on the other side going, oh, all I have to do is just give a little nudge because she'll feel some resistance. And I'm going to put her in front of a pastor that'll say, if you can't open the door, just go. Because there's some doors that got to open. And some doors that got He ain't telling you about those times that you got to fight to get what's yours. If you've been missing Wednesdays, that's your problem. You got to fight to get what's yours. You better stop the. Well, God promised it, so if it's going to be, it's going to. No, get up. That's why I refuse to lay down, even if I do start getting a little ill. <laughs> nope, not mine. You can't stay. And y'all laugh at me about it, but I'm just telling you the God's honest truth. I told them, you. If you feel it, you get up and move. Get the blood. Blood is your life. If you can get that blood to generate and move, it'll bring healing. Come on, church. What is the blood that goes to every, every person and every person can accept that blood type? What is it? O can go and O can come. It doesn't matter, right? So if I've got A negative, I can still receive O. And if you've got A positive, I can still give you O. So O. See, that's me. I am O positive. I got Jesus' blood in me. Watch, they're going to leave now. Well, I got A. What's he trying to say? Just relax. <laughs> Just relax. Just keep going. <laughs> Just keep swimming. Just keep swimming. But the God of Isaac, the God of promise fulfilled, you've got to be telling your children this. That I remember when he promised me back then. See, I can say this. There was a time when I was a young boy. I don't even know how old. I was old enough to remember and old enough to know 
old enough to sit on the front pew of an assembly of God church and watch my daddy pin other little Royal Rangers and say one day he was going to pin me. There was something started in a generation. And because of the bloodline that flowed through that generation, and because, oh, and I'm going to say it, I'm going to say it too. And because of the teaching and the preaching of religion and hypocrisy, I watched how that there was a promise on one that could not be fulfilled because it would be broken. The back would be broken because of weakness, because of no stamina. Because they think that, well, can I tell you something? Somebody's going to lie to you. Promise you. It's going to happen. Will you give up on God when somebody lies to you? This is this false gospel that we're teaching because we think everybody has to be perfect. And as soon as somebody lies, now we've held to this type of religion and we said, well, if they lie, then I'll never be perfect. So why even try? I quit. I give up. And you walk away. God's a God of promise fulfilled. Not, he doesn't just give empty promises like y'all do. Hey, Pastor, we're going to bring you some cheesecake and ice cream and I'll never see you. I get mad at you, too. I'm just saying I get mad at you, too. It's not, it's not these empty promises that we get. God give us a thing and he said, I will fulfill the promise. And I watched a promise fulfilled. Even though I began my walk and my journey. See, I thought God called me away from home when I went in the Navy. I, he said, come follow me. I said, with joy. <laughs> I just went and got crazy. What would you say, Shelby? <laughs> she said, mm-hmm. See, that's the only time. See, when you put yourself out, then you can get somebody to amen you. And here I go. And now I'm standing going, God, you've lost your mind. You've called the most ill-equipped, uneducated, most rebellious person that I know. And you're going to tell me you want me to preach. That's how I found out God had a humor. He was pretty funny. First time I preached, my mouth dried up like somebody stuffed a whole bag of cotton balls in my mouth. I couldn't hardly talk. I'm telling you, I mean, I'm going, where's the slava? Y'all think I'm lying. This is why I have these, because my mouth will still dry up when I start thinking about where I am, what I'm doing. That's a trick. That's my trick. But he's a promise, a God of promise fulfilled. He will take what everybody else thought was done and over, 
See, by man's eyes, Abraham and Sarah would never conceive. Look at God. Look at God. You better be telling your children. Listen, it doesn't matter. Your God is able. If he said it, won't he do it? What are you telling your children? Why are our children falling away? Why are they adopting this ideology? You want to know why my children won't want to die? Number one, I'm going to rebuke it. I ain't, I'm going to rebuke it. And I'll, I'll drown them in a vat of oil before I let them come and tell me, I think I'm a boy. My daughter tell I'm a... See, she ain't here, but she know I'll knock her out. I ain't got to worry about my son now because he's married and she'll take care of that deal. <laughs> Excuse me? <laughs> let me eat this last bowl of ice cream. I'll be right here with you. <laughs> Get him, girl. He's a God of provision. And he will, he will provide with you when no one else will. Are you, guys, are y'all listening to me? Are you telling your children this? I mean, you need to be speaking this to your children. They need to know who God is. Who is our Father in heaven that you've told me to pray to? Who, I'm telling you who he is. And he'll provide when everybody else won't. He's the God of Jacob. He's the God of mercy and grace. Whew. Boy, I need, I need it. See, I can understand why he's the God of Abraham because all the faith. And I can understand why he's the God of Isaac because that was a promise fulfilled. But Jacob? Whew. The heel catcher. The deceiver. And he's the God of him too. You know what that was telling me? It was something I needed to know. That no matter what I've done in life, no matter how I played the trick and pulled my brother back in the womb so I could get out first, I'm trying to steal it, right? No matter, God's full of mercy and full of grace. See, God won't take, God's not, God's not Christian. <laughs> Ooh, here I come. God's not Christian. Because Christian judge Christian. God don't judge you by where you are now. There's going to come a day. Now, don't get me wrong. Don't get it twisted. YouTube, Facebook, all you other crackheads. Don't get it twisted. There's going to be a day of judgment. And we're going to have to stand in judgment. But see, what I'm telling you is God will not judge you to deem you fit for forgiveness. God will forgive you anyhow. He'll love you anyway, he does. He didn't look at what you've done. Matter of fact, this is going to tighten up some religious bell holes. 
he won't even look at what you're doing now. He still loves you. God can't not love you. If he does, he's not God. If he doesn't, if he doesn't love you, he's not God. God hates the sin, not the person. If he doesn't love you, he's not God. I'm thankful for his grace and his mercy on my life. I'm grateful that he loves me regardless of what I've done, what I'm doing. Uh-oh. There's, there's y'all some lunch, there's you some lunch meat. I wonder what the pastor's doing right now. I wonder what kind of sin he's into. Huh? It's coming. Oh, it's, they go eat me for lunch, man. It's a, did y'all hear what pastor said? Did y'all catch that or was I the only one that caught that? You were just blessed by the Holy Spirit and he opened up your ears and let you be the only one to hear it. He's a God that forgives. Are you, are you telling your children it doesn't matter whether or not they've done wrong or they've done right, God will still forgive them? Are you telling them that or are you pointing your finger at why? I'm not saying don't correct your children because I'll correct a child. <laughs> Shauna, be a witness. Amen, brother. <laughs> he said, <laughs> oh, I will correct <laughs> yeah, even now. Can he forgive somebody like me? Everything that I've done. Everything that I've said. How can he forgive me? Some people live with that and don't think that God can forgive them. I'm going to break that curse off your mind. Because he can. No. He will. No. He has. There's nothing you can do. He loves you that much. But he's the God of forgiveness. And he's the God of reconciliation. Man. He said, if I should be lifted up, I'll draw all men unto me. The God of reconciliation. I wonder if that's why we've all been given the ministry. Of reconciliation. And we're still fighting with people that has wronged us. We have nothing to do with somebody that has said something bad about us. <laughs> we do it the Christian way. Love them from a distance. Hear me. It's a lie.
from the enemy. You better. I'm coming, religion. You better stop lying to yourself. And you better stop lying to other people. Jesus went and ate with sinners. Well, I don't have to break bread with them. Jesus went and broke bread with sinners. He went to their house. He called them out of the places they were in. Hey, Zacchaeus, come down here. Your children, fathers, watch you. <laughs> you don't, if I had to put on a weighing scale of how many times I've heard well, daddy don't do that versus, well, mama don't do that. Boy, the, the scales would be tipped like this every time. I've heard kids go, well, daddy don't. Daddy don't eat. Put words in my mouth. Well, daddy, daddy don't go to church. Why do I have to? You don't hear that. Well, mama don't do this. And, and mama don't do that. I don't have it with mama. No, it's always about daddy. What's your kids seeing? What's your kids hearing from you? What are they seeing daddy do? Are they seeing daddy beat mama? Are they seeing daddy cheat on mama? Are they seeing daddy not working? Are they seeing daddy just being hateful? Are they seeing daddy not go to church? Or are they seeing daddy go to church? Hallelujah, go home and cuss everybody on the street. What are they seeing daddy do? See, me and you have a response. You have an accountability yeah. to your children. Yeah. And it's to show them the way of the Lord. And if you can't do that, fathers, I'm telling you now to run to Jesus. And nobody's perfect, we, do we? Boy, if me and you had some time, we could just talk about not being perfect, couldn't we? You more so than me, but we... We're more like no. <laughs> we ain't, We're not perfect, we never will be. I know I wouldn't. This is why I love serving this God. Because he's done stuff in my life and for my life and through my life that I've never been able to achieve. 
See, y'all don't understand. I got, I got two kids that can look me in the eye and actually tell me they love me. And I actually believe it sometimes. And they got every right to look at me and go, you weren't a father. This is why I serve this God. And this is why my kids will know this is the God I serve. And you have to make a choice. See, you're going you're gonna to have to look. He was looking at me. You're going to have to make a choice in your life when you're faced with something and you get to go back, you, you get to go pause, rewind, and go back to where your daddy done it and push play and see how your daddy handled it and watch the outcome. Oh, if it was good, imitate me as I imitate the father. That's what Paul would say. Yes. If it was good, do it. If it was bad. <laughs> or if we pass the wisdom on to our children to look to God. And I don't have any more. It was Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And we've done the reconciliation we, we, we've done it all. If, if you're missing something with God, get it right. And listen, here, here's, the, here's the greatest thing about this. Tommy, if you haven't been a good daddy up to this point, he's not going to hold that against you. He's going to let you be a good daddy from this point forward. And your children, he'll erase their memories. Uh, he erased Sean's. Well, he erased the hate. He didn't erase his memory because he still said, you used to beat me. <laughs> I ain't joking. <laughs> what are you passing on to your children, fathers? What are you leaving to your fathers or from your fathers? What are you leaving? It's generational and it will continue. He said, this is my name forever. So pass it down, would you? Show your daughters how it's acceptable to be loved by a man. Well, how in the world I do that? I ain't no woman. You love her. You treat her like a little princess. You might go broke in the meantime, but you <laughs> treat her like a princess. There's nothing better than the look. You've gone through it. Connor running up and saying, hey, Daddy, I love you. That means, I mean, no offense. I mean, it's I. <laughs> Uh-oh, where's the little one? <laughs> huh? <laughs> I, well, uh-oh, dangerous ground, aren't I? I'm sure that's a fight because that's been Daddy's baby girl. And now it's, the, uh, yeah, God bless you. <laughs> I don't want two girls. <laughs> I'm having to deal with daughter, granddaughter now. But there's something different when daddy's little girl runs up and jumps on daddy's lap and says, Daddy, I love you. Whew. 
I got a text this morning. I got a text from my daughter this morning <laughs> about Father's Day. I got a text from my daughter. He's, he's, he's looking at the camera. He sees me. It's just something about it, man. Daddy, I love you so, so much. That's all I know. <laughs> oh, boy. It just means something. It's just something different. That's how you teach your daughter how to be loved by a man. You respect her and you love her and you care for her. You nurture her. You protect her. <laughs> Your daddy ain't going to let you buy no ugly truck, was he? <laughs> uh-huh, Sean. <laughs> that daddy set up some standards. He's got a lot to pick up. But that's how that works. Teach your, teach your sons how to love women. Most importantly, teach them how to love God. Because see, if you can love God, you can love a woman. Because he'll teach you. He'll show you. All right, I'm done with you.